it's always been about humans, right? Always, always, everything about humans, humans this, humans that, we're, the, you know. And I wanted to make this space specifically for animals and insects and the beings that live under the soil. That was Danielle Fernandez, one of two humans stewarding the land at the Cali Bird and Bee Pollinator Sanctuary in the Bayview. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, we hear first from Isaiah Powell, Danielle's partner and the guest on this show back in the summer of 2020. Isaiah catches us up on what he's been up to in the nearly two years since we all met him. Then we meet Danielle as she explains how a vision from nearly 10 years ago led to what she's setting out to do on a little patch of land off Palau Street. Here's Isaiah. Since the first time we met, through all the stuff that's happened, finally. But um, as far as calling it something, the, the name we've given it is the Cali Bird and Bee Pollinator Sanctuary. I love it. That rolls off right off the tongue. <laughs> I'll make an acronym out of it, too. Oh, that'll be dope. Yeah. I'll figure out what it is later. But yeah, March 11th, and we're out here. Um, I'd love to start, Isaiah. Catch us up on the last... I think it's been about two years. Almost. It feels like 17, been, man. It was summer of ni- summer of 20. Summer of 20. So that means it just happened. Yeah, right, right, right. That was like the beginning of uh, people were getting through the first round of lockdowns and they were getting out and that cabin fever was going on. We had some political turbulence in terms of, um, you know, just police stuff. And I think we had a different president at that time, which, uh, so yeah, there was a lot going on. We were at a community garden, the Florence Fang Community Garden. And when we met Jeff at that point in time, the woman sitting next to me, she had inspired a movement where we were going to turn a piece of that garden into organics and uh, grow delicious food and bring people in. And um, and there was an art component to that too. I remember some of the beds had, right? They had art on them. Yeah, there was yeah. some art and calligraphy. And yes. Danny is an artist. And we had further plans to put some of the work she did specifically for this event, this time. Um, that was going to happen then. That was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were We were attracting a whole new, you could say, a whole new group to that garden a community a whole new part of the community okay a whole new part of that greater community at the time we were volunteering there it was majority um elders 65 Mm -hmm. to 85 Mm -hmm. years old Mm -hmm. and primarily cantonese speaking Mm -hmm. and um as the site we were stewarding got more popular thanks in part to you let me tell you something let me just as pause parenthetically to add the uh, Clark Construction, which does a lot of construction here in Bayview, they built the new forensic slab down there over by um, Toland. Mm-hmm. They came through 
They came through and donated beds. They donated oh, labor. They built compost bins. Wow. Fucking right on. That whole team. That whole team from Clark Construction. Man, I love you guys. And they heard about us through here. Through oh, you. Oh, cool. Yes. One awesome. of them from New York. And he related to, you know, getting out of school and then, you know, where's the American dream? So we connected on, thank you. I so, think it's in a compost bin somewhere, but anyway. <laughs> right? So, um, Which is a good place to be. Well, it all, go back, it all goes back to the, to, the, to the ground. Yeah. But yeah, man, so people got um, uh, energized by it. Okay. And we were doing that, and it was great. And uh, we thought that we should bring that greatness to other spots in Bayview. I remember that that was part of... You talked about it that day. You were like, Dragon Spunk Grow is not a place, a specific point A. So, so that was already, you, you had mentioned that as a dream then. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God is documented. Yo. Yeah. Thank oh, God. Because yeah. when we did that interview, everything was smooth over there. Mm -hmm. And so it's known. I, we never wanted to. We wanted to get away from ownership and get more into responsible stewardship. stewardship. Love it. Raise up the vibration in the place and go somewhere else where we're needed. Yeah. Well, and I will editorialize right here. Ownership is a white supremacist. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like, right? No. It's, we, we're, we're guests here on Earth. You know, dude, since that time, I've thought a lot. I've mused a lot in my head about where humanity went wrong or different things we could have done at mm -hmm. milestones in the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I came upon, actually Danny showed me this book called um, Animal Oppression, transformative book. And it went back to Genghis Khan. Okay. And it, uh, it went back because that marked a different way of social socialize social organization and operation you had you know before then you had light agriculture hunting and gathering then with the mongol um that group that time period marked a change where people were using animals to graze and not doing much food gathering or cultivation and they had a very martial and patriarchal social organization. And because they were just uh, using the animals to graze, once that land is depleted, it forced them to go to the next to the place. Next, right, to keep going. And their method was rape and pillage. Right. And then incorporate their subjects into their greater fold. And what I learned, I thought about it, it's like war is evil because it necessitates war to stop the war. <laughs> right. <laughs> because every, uh, the, Peacekeepers. The, <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring democracy through Bahamas. Yeah. And, and, and it also showed that they were using animals um, for labor and were subjugating animals too. And it just spread and spread. And so then if you didn't develop a martial culture, you couldn't survive. You're going to get ate up. Right. And um, so I was thinking about that as... And that was just an aside. I forgot. So let me fast forward. So boom, we were at Florence Fang, and now we're here because someone reached out to Danny and said, hey, would you guys like to come over here? We need some activation here. And what happened is in Bayview, 
the irony there's so much beautiful green spaces but if they're not tended to they attract garbage Mm -hmm. and if i could use foul language to make this point it's a case of the fuckets Mm. when the big government comes off like they don't give a fuck and people don't feel like the government gives a fuck then they adopt that crappy ass behavior and they don't give a fuck the worst manifestation of that i don't give a fuck is um not just the apathy burning up pyromania or you know what i mean arson which brings us to this spot we're sitting in today which has been uh plagued by arson almost systemically Mm -hmm. um just a few nights ago someone lit a fire and so that's because i feel my theory is people are so disconnected Mm-hmm. from society there's a great book called escape from freedom uh, i think eric Fromm. he's a sociologist back in the day contemporaries with freud and all that and yeah. he was well, i know the name yo and so he his theory was like yeah there's freedom and then the you know there's obligations and then you know you're in a society and if you're too free from your obligation to society it could lead to what emil durkheim called anime Anime with an A. Yeah, A N M E M Y. Oh, M I E. Okay. A N O M I E. Anime, and that was a book called Suicide. The Mill Durkheim, sociologist from France, back in them days, uh, contemporaries with those two guys, mm-hmm. Freud and, uh, and he was talking about you know people who don't have a place in society, and since they're in Europe, they're tracing it back to Protestant Reformation, mm-hmm. from the change from feudalism to the Reformation to cap big ass capitalism, and they're mm-hmm. saying like back in the feudal things, at least people had a place in society that was guaranteed for them, right. so they are, have a connection. Mm-hmm. And they have the obligations, and just, but then as time went on, we went to the. It was more individual, and people didn't really have a place. You could mm-hmm. try to make your place, but people free float, floating, and so boom, we're here at this spot. <laughs> Here's here a great thing: the train enters San Francisco at the Florence Fang. That's where we all met. Right. The second stop or second tunnel it rides through is where we're sitting here now. So we went from the front of our yard to the back of our yard. Oh. Same tracks. Yeah. So y'all well, are just on the hill over here. Boom. Yeah. Yes. Where was that place I met you? We didn't record. There was another garden in between the recording and today. Oh, can I tell you this? Let's do it. This is going to be great for people who love San Francisco. And it's good for story San Francisco because this brother is dead. But Adam Rogers is the name... Adam Rogers is the name of the garden that you and I were at. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. Adam Rogers was born here in Bayview. He was from the Double Rock area in Bayview. Bayview natives know what that is. And um, he called, they called him Adam Rock Rogers. I had never met him because he died in the early 70s. But what I gleaned from the historical account and talking to people, he was a man that would bring peace amongst warring factions within Bayview. He organized the youth to go out and sweep up and clean up the streets. There's pictures in the archive of of mass gatherings of youth out there sweeping up, picking up trash. The archives Um, at the library? Library. Look up, uh, when you look up his name in the computer, those are some of the pictures that come up. The archivist is a friend of ours. Total sidebar. It's not important. Oh, dude. We got to talk about that because I want to get some pictures. And I got another thing to say. Oh, so I'll anyway. connect you with her for sure. Dude. Uh, yes. Adam Rogers used to alley. So oh, one thing I was respect. I respect about him when they would do construction, big jobs here. He advocated um, vigorously that they hire right from here, mm-hmm. which wasn't happening from the community. Yep. 
this is Mayor Alioto's time. Oh, right. And so I don't know. Joe what, Redevelopment Alioto. Oh, is that? Oh, you, uh, wow. Thank uh-huh. you for filling out on it. Yeah. So boom. So you see the relevance of what Adam was advocating for. Yeah. Um, so boom. After that, uh, unfortunately, you know, he was murdered on okay. New Year's Eve of I, maybe late 70s. <sighs> okay. But uh, that's the part. They named that They named park. the park for him. And that's where we that's where we met between the recording and today. Indeed. Got it. Okay. So that was another spot that you had moved on to at that time. Then this happened. Yeah, because when we left the Fang Garden, we still had funds from the fundraiser. Right. And we're just looking to where else can we help? Mm-hmm. We started immediately volunteering in the Visitation Valley, which is the town south of Bayview. Mm-hmm. And we were working with Fran Martin. And she is the curator of the Visitation Valley Greenway with Jim Groudon. All right, so boom, we, just, we were volunteering. We never stopped, actually. Even though we didn't have a, a place, we were volunteering everywhere. And then that's how I got invited to Adam Rogers because Mei Ling from Reckon Park. And I'm going to end this to pass it off. Okay. And we also did Latona. Did, we, did you go to Latona? No. Bees. There's so much, but it's like a mycelial network. There's so many individual great things happening. We want to build up this network. So, the Portola Garden Club, Cali Bird and Bee Pollinator Sanctuary, the Visitation Valley Native Garden that's being built right now. We all connect and know each other. We could all amplify each other, support each other. And that's the next step is to link all these great gardens that are serving community. So, District 10 is just super fortified. And then yeah. one day we'll have tours. You could do a walk tour to all these wonderful gardens, get food from here, Alamany, because they all supported here. Alamany has supported this hay from Alamany, Will Lyons. Um, Mayling taught me how to do pruning. Uh, a, a garden club, Portola Garden Club, they donated and showed mad love. This table we're using right now, that's from Angie. Portola Garden Club, peace out to Alex, Maggie, and all them over there. And then, of course, Fran Martin and Jim Groudon, okay? Let's talk about Garden for the Environment, all right? Next Let's- Saturday, we're recording with them. Holy smoke fest. So yep. let's talk about Trina Lopez. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Alex Kanji. Let's talk about all of them. Let's talk about um, the brother, uh, what's his name? Raphael from Germany. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> I want to call him Joaquim every time because he doesn't look like a Raphael. <laughs> but he's a great guy. He helped us with the um, that. One love, man. Quick so, question before you hand off, yes. Isaiah. Um, when we were at Adam, Adam Rogers, yeah. you were telling me, and so this wasn't in the recording, you were telling me about a new thing that you were doing at that time, where you were taking weeds and composting them or mixing them with water and then using that as a fertilizer in that area. <laughs> Do you want to tell folks about that? Did I get it right, what you were doing? Absolutely. I'm laughing, too, because yesterday, i got to just plug this in real quick. In New York, Danny, um, she worked, and she would... Her job was to take individuals, various backgrounds, but all challenged backgrounds. Some were illiterate at age 50. Some just got out of prison. Some had emotional troubles. And she placed them in pet care jobs. It was a career enhancing and a career development thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those type of organizations are scams. I used to be in one when I I had to get the welfare. Mm -hmm. They make you go to these centers, run down buildings, Dell computers, okay? with the old school monitors and they go, yo, look for jobs. Hey guys, we got an opening at Applebee's. Now you guys better have your dress shirts 
Right. One guy even said, yo, Isaiah, um, do you want me to give you a couple dollars so you can go get a dress shirt? As if, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I done graduated Columbia like two years before. Right. I wanted to take something and do something. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Lord. But anyway, a lot of times those, those, comp those organizations get money from the government, take most of the money, and then do bare bones crap and don't do no career placement. Right. Danny was a shining light. She had the highest placement rate ever. Like a real life pit bulls for parolees. But keeping it a little more real than that. Keeping it realer than that. Yeah. yeah. Word. Cool. I say that because now... We're working with a growth program with great adults who come through. And if you look at the work, they spread most of this. They come through. They're so engaged. And um, they said that this is one of their favorite places to be. And they're some of our favorite people. They come through. I just said that just to say that we're healing and bringing the balance back holistically. So that has to include to some degree humans, too. Mm. They're they have to be repaired mm. so that they can steward it right. Yep. We're all a part of the ecosystem. That's the whole thing we're doing is finding our place in the, the ecosystem. And here's Danielle. All right. I guess first I want to hear what you're doing here. Well, uh, my goal here, um, and actually let me back up a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. So 10 years ago, I... Um, I'm a, a really big believer in vision boards. Okay. So it's just a way to like always uh, be able to look at something and remember what your goals are and remind you day to day. And at that time I was living in New York and I was going and visiting a lot of botanical gardens. Okay. Just for peace, because living in New York mm -hmm. is very crazy. you got to find so your would, peace wherever you can get it there. So I <laughs> would go and travel to all the botanical gardens, community gardens and Bed-Stuy, and, and just sit and just, and you know, in summertime, it's magical in New York. So everything is lush. It's, you know, it's hot out there. You're sweaty. It, it's just, yeah. So um, in my vision board that I put, ended up putting on my computer as a, as a desk saver, oh. said, one day I wanted to have my own botanical garden. Awesome. I'm not kidding. Yeah. 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Okay. So fast forward, here we are, and, you know, super blessed to uh, find this space and be able to be the, the stewards of the space. And so... Um, this is that botanical garden that I right. dreamed about 10 years ago. Love it. So I believe in the power of manifestation. I'm just going to say you manifested the I shit out of that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because that's where I'm supposed to be. Right. You know? Right. So my goal is more of a biocentric vision. Okay. Although what Isaiah, we're talking about also, you know, working with the most sensitive members of our community but it's always been about humans, right? Yeah. Always, always, everything about humans, humans this, humans that, we're, the, you know. And I wanted to make this space specifically for animals and insects and the beings that live under the soil, you know, um, because I felt like we've done so much harm to them 
that this is a way to just, in a small way, shape, or form, give our you know uh apologies in a way Mm. um reparations reparations you know a lot of people probably don't agree with that you know we've had people come through and want oh this is community garden there are plenty of community gardens that are underused Mm -hmm. of adam rogers Mm -hmm. go up to adam rogers and put your energy and time there because no one's up there right but this specifically is going to be Number one mission is for our animal and plant kin. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of people against it, but also probably not a whole lot of people thinking along those lines of like what spaces can be used for. But it opens up that conversation Mm -hmm. because when we talk about it, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. And then you're like planting a seed. Oh, nice It's just a little seed. Nice pun. Yeah. 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 So what forms, I mean, I'm looking at an apiary Mm -hmm. here, am I not? And then I'm surrounded by beautiful, I'm guessing some native stuff and, and then some ornamental stuff, some, I don't know. Yeah. Besides what I'm seeing and also maybe mention what we're seeing because this is an audio. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What, what, Uh, What all, what all kinds of things. Well, you know, we're lucky because um, we have some mature native plants. So that's what you're seeing over in the beginning, in the entrance, Mm -hmm. the cyanothus. There's the manzanitas. There's a lot of um, native sage, Um, milkweed. milkweed. Yep. Different varieties of cyanothus. There's an oak tree at the end. Is the bush right here? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and there's several different types of cyanothus, you know, um, which I'll show you. Okay. Um, you know, when we walk through. Sure. Yeah. Um, so really, I wanted to, in order to attract the native beings, you have to give them them their native food source. Yeah, you can give some. You know, they'll they'll feast on other plants, but the majority is that you want to really focus on native plants. Yeah. So. I went on a mad buying spree okay. and went to all of the native plant nurseries, learned a lot about the native plants, you know, learning about their, their cycle, what they look like. Because I'm not a landscape, I'm not a professional landscaper either. Right. I'm a total amateur. Right. I've only seen things that I've liked and been like, and then, you know, I imprinted it into my mind of like, you know, how I want things to sort of look like. It's not going to be super perfect. It's just, I want it to be more organic. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where, you know, you'll just kind of see the, this, the, a, a lot of botanical, a lot of flowers, a lot of, um, um, you know, hedges um, to provide different uh, micro environments and habitats for all those creatures. Mm-hmm. Like we were just saying, like, you know, 10 minutes ago, that flying creature, I've never yeah, seen that. That beetle. Yeah. yeah. So... That's a good, that's a really great sign because we were in the middle of an insect Armageddon where the world insect populations are dwindling. Right. And if that happens, we will not have very much longer. We will be following that trajectory. Right. Which I don't know. (laughs) I might be okay with. I was going to say, depends on what what your thoughts are. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's our time to really go. Could be. I'm not worried about the earth. Yeah, me neither. The earth is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, anything else you want to say uh, about this spot and, and what you're doing, what you've done, yeah. what's ahead? Yep. Uh, so we're taking it bit by bit. You know, we both, we work a lot. So this is just, this is a project that will um, gradually unfold. Um, what we do, what I want to do is put up art. I think feel like all my life I've been creating the art that is going to have a place in this garden because mm -hmm. it's always been about, you know, birds and insects and beings and, and things. So um, a way to display art and then also to connect to um, my, I know a lot of artists in the community mm -hmm. for them to have an outdoor space, um, space yeah. and have, you know, groups come through to, you know, as an outdoor art gallery. Um, you know, we do plan on growing some food eventually, um, and that will be donated. Human food. Human food, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're talking about having some music sometime, like maybe some, some culture. Pop ups. Yep. You know, when I was living in Oakland, and even in San Francisco, when we were, you and I were talking earlier about growing up in our, <laughs> in our early years, San Francisco. I really loved house music, mm -hmm. and then when I lived in Oakland, I was really into the deep house music community, mm -hmm. and I got turned on to how it could be, like the culture, like how mm -hmm. you had artists, you had, you know, uh, DJs, you had dancers, you had fashion designers, you had all of these people, surround, you know, totally into the music, mm -hmm. and it was like a really, like, life-affirming uh, experience to be on the dance floor and meeting hundreds of people that were on that same wavelength and open to building and, and you seeing the world in a, in a hopeful way and, and, and things. So I would love to somehow bring that here because I feel like people would really, they might, they might kind of look at it kind of like, wait, what's going on here? But I think they'll connect to it. That was Danielle Fernandez. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, we get to know Danielle through her telling the story of her life. Part two drops this Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 180 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review the show so we can reach even more folks. We love email, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.